Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. This is Talking Tourism, and I'm today's host, David Reid. Every fortnight, the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania will bring you conversations with the brightest minds in the industry. TICT is the peak body for tourism operators in the beautiful state of Tasmania. Each episode of Talking Tourism will deal with a specific tourism-related topic with advice and tips for improving your own tourism business and getting ahead in the visitor economy. You might be listening to this outside of Tasmania, and if so, welcome. The content of these podcasts are relevant for your tourism business wherever you are based. Today, I've got Sam Denmead. Hi there, David. And you have a podcast title of Why Online Haters Are Not Your Problem But Ignoring Them Is. Hate's a very big word, Sam. Welcome. (laughs) Just to make an impact. But there is. People do hate things, don't they? It's a terrible word. It is. First of all, before we get onto the hating business... Your career has spanned quite a few years. Um, you've worked for others. You've had your own businesses uh, and successful business, very importantly. But now you're offering professional advice and services as a consultant called Green Hat. Yes, Green Hat Tourism. What does Green Hat uh, mean, for goodness sake? Well, the, the Green Hat was a decision based on De Bono's seven thinking hats. And I thought the green one was appropriate, A, because... I'm in Tasmania and I focus on Tasmania, so it's very green. But the green it actually relates to solutions and creative solutions to people's problems. So I thought that was a good way that I could go out there into the market. Very good. Very good. Tell me about some of the other experiences that you've had. Um, so having gone to uni here in Tassie, I left immediately after that, which was very important for me. Um, but I did a marketing degree and then I came back and discovered tourism because that really wasn't a big thing when I was living here in Tassie. Uh, in fact, Living here was actually at the time where you weren't, you know, massively proud to be Tasmanian. You were just like, whatever, let me, let me go and travel now. So travelling opened my eyes up to the world of tourism. And when I came back, um, started working, I'd already been working in hospitality, started working hotels, started working at Tourism Tasmania, went overseas, did a few things. Then I started my own business. Then I, you know, did a few things family-wise and, you know, here I am consulting. Well done. I reckon I first met you actually when I was working at Tourism Tasmania when I used to bring trade and media yeah, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I village. just remember helping you with bicycles. Oh, you did, but that was after I'd already met you. <laughs> Lots okay. of years with bicycles. Um, back to the conversation. Uh, we started off by introducing this particular topic as why online haters are not your <laughs> problem, but ignoring them really is. So, Sam, tell me um, the customer is always right, right? So tell me all about um, that your belief now is that customer service is, is now a spectator sport? <laughs> well, to the first part of what you said, the customer is always right. We all, we've all heard that and we all know that that's not true. We all know the customer is regularly wrong. It's not about that. Right. It's about how you deal with it and how you need to listen to the customer and how you respond. They said, this is the problem. And what's happened now is that – actually, no, go back. Once upon a time, if you didn't like what happened – to your experience, you would either write a letter or complain to the management or you would tell your friends how crap it was. These days, you can do that and more. Everybody 
is your audience now, not just the manager and not just the front desk person, uh, but everybody can hear you, you've had an issue and you can share that with the world. Not just the fact that you can write that, but everybody's watching you. They can all read what, you've, what problem you've had. So I can sit back, get online, get onto TripAdvisor or one of those review sites and read everybody else's thoughts about everybody else's businesses and not say a word of my own. So I'm watching what everyone else is doing. And the other point about it is that it's all instant. Yeah, yeah. Very, very yeah. instant. People's yeah. reputations are on yeah. a knife edge Absolutely. virtually. I mean, it's it's really quick. Yeah, yeah. It used to be a lot slower and yeah. things yeah, would take yeah. a long time to happen and you had time to react. These days you don't have time to react. Right. So customer service is my point is the, is the new marketing. You have to get your customer service right. Right. And that's, what's, that's what this is all about. The other point that you've started off with is um, in some papers that I've read Criticism is useful. Absolutely. Well, good on you. Well, people are, are really reluctant to accept or even listen to criticism. People are very, take things very personally. And, you know, you run a business. You don't necessarily love hearing people have a negative experience. You don't want them to say, well, that wasn't very good. But what kind of what I'm trying to say is if you can just step back from that and take the criticism as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to improve your business, it's not about you. It's about your business and that's the thing that people have to get over. So the criticism can actually be very, very useful information that you can turn into an opportunity. Right, so it's gold. It's, it's, it's like looking at all these details and saying, okay, this is what's right with my business. No one tells me about that. But if this is wrong with my business, I actually do need to know exactly. about Exactly. And if bit. all you heard was great stuff, well, that's going to make you'd you never either, change your business, You wouldn't would change, you? you'd no. be complacent and you would never, you know, never grow potentially. At least with criticisms, it's people going – well, you're not doing this quite right and I want to tell you about it and for you to go, oh, I didn't realise that. Thank you. So this draws us into the next stage about saying, okay, so you're, you're, you are receiving feedback and, and it, is, it is critical of some of the uh, bits and pieces of your business. H- how do you use that? How, how, what, what, what tools can you use? Well, I guess you obviously you need to go and ask for feedback sometimes. It doesn't always get delivered to you. So being open to that, going out and saying, okay, you've had a chance to visit my property, experience my business, whatever it is. Uh, Now tell me how you felt. And, uh, you know, I'm open to your response, whether it's negative or positive. I want to hear from you. It's really important to me that you tell me what experience you had. So, you know, you can go out and ask them by email, ask them face to face. It doesn't matter. Any, any touch point you've got with the customer, you can ask them for feedback and you need to be recording it and taking it on board and analysing it either right. as a team or on your own or with your partner, whoever you're doing business with, take it back and talk about what improvements you can make from that. You've quoted Jay Bayer. Yep. Hug Your Haters. Yes. Hug Your Haters. Yes, he's got this amazing book called Please Hug Your Haters. Please uh, Hug yes. Your Haters. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he says here, embrace complaints as the raw material for improvement, which is a brilliant quote. Right. Okay. And is that a reference that we should all be diving Absolutely. for? Absolutely. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> okay. And now you've got some statistics for us <laughs> about people that do complain, people that don't complain, people that just wander off disgruntled. Mm-hmm. That's, this is interesting because I'm – I think I personally am one of those. I don't complain – I don't, I don't write reviews. You just don't go back. I just don't go back and I maybe I get upset. Bag and, it later with other yeah, people. Yeah, well, maybe I'll tell my friends. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm one of those ones. I'm the, I'm the silent complainer, the ones that doesn't complain. But And from my understanding, 
5% of people who have a bad experience actually complain. That's Only 95% of people who've had a bad experience that you've never heard of, you never hear from. They either don't come back or they tell all their friends or they write about you somewhere else, but they don't actually tell you directly. So the point being, understanding that only 5% of people are writing or you know, making a, a negative comment about you somewhere, they, the people who aren't are probably having a similar experience. So the 5% you do hear from, you've got to listen to them. We've got to welcome them and say, thank yes, you, thank you, exactly. 5%. Thank yes. you, Mr. 5 Yes. <laughs> okay. And again, don't take it personally just because that happened to be the person that mentioned it. They're probably representing thousands, tens of other people. Yeah, we don't know. So okay. they're, they're, the, they're the ones that you've got to really listen to. And you also have advised a lot of people in your consultancy that a number of operators never get back to their complainants or the people that are oh, making comments. Drives me crazy. Right. Um, we all book stuff online, don't we? We all, we all travel. We all book online. When I travel, I look um, for reviews. I don't necessarily take them all seriously, uh, but I tend to look at the five stars and the one stars and if I haven't got time, I won't look at the two, threes and four stars. But what I'm looking for is how management respond. And I think that speaks volumes about what experience I'm going to have at that business. I don't care that there are one-star reviews, particularly if I read the review and go, well, that's, that's crap or, you know, I, I think that person's probably being a little bit over, overly touchy. Unrealistic yeah, expectations, <laughs> exactly. is that the nice yeah, way yeah, of saying it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some things, obviously, there's alarm bells go off, but it really what, what I'm looking for is how management respond and how sincere they are, what, they, what their action is afterwards, how they treat the person who's written that response. So that's what I'm basing it on. Why don't businesses respond to complaints? Have you found that out? Absolutely. Yeah, the, I mean... <laughs> Everyone's got an excuse, and seriously, especially they're just too busy. Uh, even even big businesses have excuses. They're too busy. We haven't got time for that. But really, they, they they blame technology. They can't keep up with the rate of of reviews and comments that are being made. They just feel overwhelmed by it. And I feel like, you know, th- this is your opportunity. This is how you. This is how you. This is your marketing opportunity. When you respond to these people, this is how you get the chance to tell potential guests, this is what we're all about. So I think they're crazy. And you say that um, th- there, is a, there is a direct correlation between people, businesses, who actually embrace this philosophy and reply to criticisms and to comments, just the general public arena of chatter, and, and you can see things that actually work. Can you, how that happens? What do you mean? Uh, I was looking at these uh, management uh, yeah, responses yeah, yeah. matter. How does that matter? I've, well, I've noticed this on TripAdvisor. Yeah, TripAdvisor you know, give lots of information because they want people obviously interacting with TripAdvisor. Yeah. So they actually do have some good data. So what they're saying is uh, 88% of users have said that reviews impact their accommodation choice. And that's me. I'm in that. I definitely believe reviews impact my accommodation choice. And 88% might actually be not enough. I don't know. Right. But 88% is still pretty high. And then they're saying that 80% of users believe a hotel that responds to reviews cares more about its guests. And I'm in that figure as well. That's 80%. So, you know, those figures, I don't know how old this actually, but it might even be more these days. So TripAdvisor has some really good good stats on that. Right. Oh, there's another one actually um, down below here. It's 69% of users are less likely to book at a hotel that leaves aggressive or defensive management responses. I reckon that would be higher than that because right. I, if, if I saw a negative response from a, from a customer and then the manager got on 
responded back in a very defensive way or blamed the person, didn't take responsibility, blamed somebody else, I would be not going there either. Mm. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You really worry me about what happens to Telstra on every daily basis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a forgiveness factor because if, if – and I actually don't know much about Telstra, but if a business has like PR issues, if they have negative stuff going on in the media and they ignore it – look at VW, look what happened when the Volkswagen mm. company didn't take responsibility. When they were found out about yeah. their uh, diesel emissions. Yes, yes. and yes. they denied yes. it or they ignored it or put blame on someone else or whatever it was. Yes. It was it's just being held against them any time you know, negative stuff that isn't, isn't acknowledged. It's, yes, it demolished their yeah, brand absolutely. for about a year or so. And it's it? yeah. still having negative impacts. Right. So if they had just gone, oh, my God, we've made a mistake, we've, we did the wrong thing here, we're sorry, um, we could, you know, we, they could have had a chance to fix it and not be so detrimental. Mm. So now we've talked about the different responses to complaints. The other thing I've noticed, Sam, is that you've got a series of descriptors of different types of reviews. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've mentioned a few here. Can you go through them like nonsense and fake and incorrect, all those things? Can you go through those for me, please? Yes, not all reviews are real reviews. Ah, right. And I think we realise that. Um, But there are different ways to respond. So I feel like there are nonsense reviews. There are people who just write absolute crap. They're... They're trolls, basically. Um, so my res- my suggestion to respond to that is not to respond. Don't take the bait. All they're looking for is for you to respond so they can get likes or clicks or whatever they're looking for, whatever the ego boost is that they're looking for. By you responding, that helps them. And that so it's best not to. It's just ignore them. Bail they will move on. They're not looking at you directly. They, they're just looking for anybody who will respond. Just ignore it. Right. So then there's fake reviews, which can be, you know, that can be where you're not sure what to do. Um, so if it's fake, then you can try to have it removed and Google, TripAdvisor, all those big ones, they'll actually listen to you if you think that that's a fake review and analyse it and if they think it's fake, then they'll remove it. So you've always got to ask for that. You can get online yourself and call them out on it. So you can actually say, look, we know that you haven't um, come to our property or restaurant or whatever it is, um, so word word it carefully, but call them out and say you didn't actually experience it, so go away type thing. Um, and then you can make the assumption, even though you probably know they're fake, but you can actually treat them as if they're a valid complainer and respond to what they're saying as if, you know, just remembering that there are people reading these. So you treat them with a nice manner. You write that, you know, you might, you might have had a bad experience, but this is what we're doing to fix it. So you can treat them as real. Um, the other thing about fake reviews is people buy, buy reviews, so they actually pay people to write reviews for them. You can, there are agencies out there that you can spend money with, and what? they'll yeah. <laughs> don't, don't take that on board. <laughs> people are buying. It's true. Trust me, people really? are buying reviews, and it's so obvious. It's right. so obvious that you could. You, I mean, they're getting a bit better. They're getting a bit more professional, but they're, it's so obvious when you read a review that is clearly a, a paid advert. Essentially, yeah. it's just. It's not. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Customers won't like it. It'll backfire. Don't do it. <laughs> Uh, then there's incorrect reviews. So they might be reviewing your property and actually they're talking about a completely different property and they've got you mixed up. So you, that's where you can you know, politely go, I don't think you're actually talking about the right place here because we don't have that thing that you mentioned or that can't possibly have happened. So, um, um, you know, that kind of happened. And have you found when you go back to, and my experience, and this is only on Booking.com as an operator, mm-hmm. can 
Will Booking.com actually take down? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, uh, okay, just seems to go into the ether with me. Yeah. Anyway, don't worry. If they, if they are convinced they that it's okay. the fake review or it's defamatory or whatever it is, they'll absolutely pull it down. It's, it oh, does no one any just any, no. you know, doesn't good service to Thank keep you. it up. Right. Um, so what else have we got? Uh, I think conflict of interest um, sometimes happens where you get like a disgruntled ex-employee yeah. or a customer or competitor and they might get on and put up a fake uh, profile and they'll write a bad review thinking they'll get away with it. And sometimes you can just see straight through that and you can call them out on it. So you, 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 if you call them out, it depends how you do it, but generally if people can read through it, then I would say don't even bother responding to that. Just let it go. It's obvious that they're disgruntled and it's best if you don't bother. Um, oh, yeah, you can also ask to have it removed as well because it's a conflict of interest and you can, if you can prove that. So if it was a booking.com review and one of your ex-staff wrote you a bad review, you could easily just go to booking.com, look, this is so-and-so, they've written this, they're not happy with me, can you remove it? And they will. So, oh, great. As long as you get onto it quickly. And then there's the personal attack, which is where they're, they're not very nice. That's where, you know, someone's come and experienced something, you know, they've had, a, they've had a bad experience and they want to write a negative review about you personally and they attack you and, that, you know, they name you or whatever. And it's a really personal a dig and that's it, – it's more like it's, they're out to hurt you and that's where you can either come back and make a joke of it or whatever or I think it's probably best just to ignore those as well. There's a, the other type of, of review would be a personal attack where, you know, you, you're attacked using that by your name or picking up a, a trait of yours and they, they're picking on you specifically. And I think that that's the sort of thing you would respond to with humour maybe and or, or just ignore completely and try to get it removed. So right. they're, they're the different kind of styles, sorts of reviews you might get. So we've always – we've been talking all afternoon about reviews that are negative, haven't we? I mean – we mm. haven't been talking about, listen, this is a lovely topic because everybody's <laughs> writing reviews, giving you 9.8 out of 10. It's all wonderful. So, okay, these are all negative reviews. Um, please, have you got some tips for how people should actually go about this response? In a neg- to a negative review? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, the, uh, Jay, look, lots of people have written about this and I – uh, you know, pick it up as well. I feel like there are four elements that make a good response, and they are uh, empathy. So, showing the person that you're responding to that you understand what they're about. So you're not just, you know, just ignoring the situation. Going, yeah, I get it. I get you've had yeah. a bad experience. I get how annoying that must have been to wait or whatever. Um, so having that empathy immediately disarms people because they like, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, okay, great. So they're listening. Um, humility as well is a really big one. So not taking things personally, don't get defensive, don't get upset, just, you know, take it all, just try to be cool and calm about things um, and allow them to be upset. Understand, you know, allow people to vent. People love right. the opportunity to vent. And if you can just go, yeah, yeah, you're right, that wouldn't have been nice, I get it, then that just immediately disarms people. Taking responsibility is a third one. Taking responsibility is what people really have trouble with. I don't know why, but nobody wants to admit that they're wrong. In fact, I think there's a lot of people out there that have the culture or the belief that you should never say sorry, never admit, never admit you've made a mistake. I don't know where that's come from. Maybe it's a you know, litigation thing where if you admit you've done the wrong thing, then you've proven that you're wrong and you'll get sued. I don't know what it is. but Maybe it's 
the next thing is you are bound, therefore, to yes. re- to refund all the money yeah, oh gosh, and give yes. me a free trip next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, it's the admission of guilt yes. is an immediate refund. Maybe that's the connection there that people say, no, it wasn't really my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, though, what's happening is you're putting the blame back on the person who's written the review and you're not solving anything. So I think if you can take responsibility, not pass the buck or not blame another member of staff, not blame anything else, just take it on board and go, we made a mistake, I made a mistake, we, whatever it is, not that person did it wrong, I'll, I'll tell them off and, you know, fix it. But taking responsibility and then once you've said, yeah, we did the wrong thing, this is what we're going to do about it. That's what the customer wants to know. Like I've taken the time to write a negative review, I've complained about this thing, um, I want to know that you're listening to me and what you're going to do about it. So sometimes if they just want to vent, that's fine. But oftentimes if you allow them to vent and then come back with a great, thanks for letting us know, this is what we're going to do, that mm. makes everybody feel better. And then the other, on the flip side of that is the, the person who's reading the reviews, the silent, um, the spectator. The 95% um, yes, the 95, who wanted to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's that too. Yeah. They're the ones that go, oh, great. Okay, so yes. They, Something's happening. Yes. Now I had the same problem. Yeah. And the yeah, person okay. who's taken the time to write about it, um, they're going to solve that thing now. So I'm, I feel comfortable that my complaint yeah. is now fixed. And validated. Yes, and yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. And the last one is speed. There's nothing worse than having these negative reviews, complaints sitting around out there for the whole world to see and it just sitting there with no no response to it. I read this. (laughs) I read this. Now, you are proposing that (laughs) some businesses need to respond in an hour. I know, I know. No, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on. Look, I look at mine daily, sometimes every two days. But it's a tiny business, but not in an hour. Well, I guess that depends on how how much you consider customer service as your as the new marketing. For me, if you treat customer service as the new marketing, then you would get onto it as fast as possible because this is your chance right. to go, you've had an issue, let me fix it immediately. And then you're potentially winning over a, a bunch of other customers out there that you didn't even know were looking for your product they just happen to be screening you know, scanning through so the faster you can get onto it the faster you can convert other people if you leave that negative review sitting there online without a response the the chance that many many other people are going to sit there and read it and not get the chance to to be converted to you know we fixed it this is what we're doing then you're losing these potential customers okay so, so I feel like speed is good. An hour is obviously right. uh, something to we'll aspire have to. Roll to. The sleeves up and get right into this now. <laughs> but okay. I've seen reviews sitting there for weeks without anyone responding to. So things are only getting faster and faster. This is the way the world's going. So I've got some notices here about some other tips that uh, you 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 want us to take into account when responding to reviews. Can you can you go through those for us as well, please? Yes, certainly. So, I think listen, listen is the big one. People just want to be heard. They want their they want their you know, issue they've got to be expressed and they want it to be heard. They want to know that someone has listened to what they're saying. So, the main thing is show them that they're listening, let them know that we hear you, we we hear what you're saying, we're listening and this, the last point of that, which goes with the Jay Bayer hug your haters thing, haters are, are not your problem, ignoring them is. Right. Um, so w- then you get to the point after you've listened is to respond and then it's really important to think about what language you're going to use because oftentimes you're not verbally doing this. Is, you know, this kind of conversation can cover 
face-to-face complaints, but we're really talking about online written repl- um, complaints yes. and negative reviews. Yeah. So yep. we'll talk about the language because that's really important to make sure when you respond, you use the right tone of voice, the right words, because they're so important to use the right words. So You've given me a list of those. I have. There's a whole list of you them. You have, and one of them I don't agree with. Oh, tell me. Which one? Well, well 13 words to never use. I mean, <laughs> first of all, everybody has a list of 10. You've turned up with 13, which is really <laughs> is <that> interesting. <laughs> I, really, I, I really love the idea that someone's got, have you got 14.2? No, 13. <laughs> so well, why I can understand fault, policy, blame and – you might like to go through them yeah. in much better detail than I'm, and I'm being flippant. Which one do you like? But I found one called our, and I thought – ah. Yes. Not our. It's deflecting. It's, yeah, <laughs> deflecting. So you're saying... It's our, not my mistake. Yeah, it's exactly. our collective yeah. mistake. So what our... I'm suggesting is you turn into an I or a we. Okay. So I right. will take that. this to my team and we'll fix it. I will make sure that your problem gets fixed. Okay. right. That's okay. the difference. Okay. It's just that my partner and I own the business. I wanted to blame her. <laughs> exactly. <bit> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I interrupted. Please, 13 words never to use. Well, I'll, re- I'll read them to you. I'll try to do it slowly. So fault... So we never want to use the word fault. Like, whose fault is this? Right. It's, like, it's not. It's not. It's not a nice word. You can turn that around to. Um, we, we see you have an issue. We'll do our best to fix it. It's not anyone's fault. Right. So policy. You never want to rely on there being a as per our policy. Uh, per as it per our policy. Per is another word. I get it's that. It's just too formal, too official, and you're not listening. Um, blame. You don't want to use the word blame. Who to blame? So there's department. Our misunderstanding. If so, if that happened the way you said. You know, it's, it's an interesting that way to use it. presupposes that it may not have done. Yes. Yeah, okay. And then the next one's but. I hear what you're saying, but insinuating they might be wrong or misled or misunderstood. Um, per just, I'll, you know, I don't know, when would you use just? So maybe I'll, I'll just let me go and think about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, it, you don't want to hear just one immediately. I'm going to go and do this. Okay. Uh, try. I'll try it to might, fix it. It might be. It might be. Um, <laughs> Um, I've only just noticed this, or or it might be it's only just a small problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yes, yes. Sorry. Um, try is another one. So you want to make sure that you're not trying to fix things. You will fix things. You won't just try. You'll go and do it. You won't consider the problem. You'll actually you listen. You'll take it on board. Oh, you're not going to consider it. And then it seems that, or apparently this, it's 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 they're, they're the sort of words that are a bit fluffy. You want to have some direct, clear action language. I've got them now. So. Thank you. <laughs> So there's some tips around that uh, in terms of writing because people aren't comfortable writing sometimes. I don't know why, but the tips uh, along the lines of using the guest's name to make that person, again, personalising it, making sure that you're listening. Um, Address all the points that are made. Often the review is never about one thing. There's multiple things they've brought up. And if you focus on just one of those things, all the rest can get neglected. But to show that you're listening, list all those things that have been mentioned and have a response for all of them. Um, this one's don't seem rushed or dismissive. So you're not trying to shove the person off. You're, you're an inconvenience to my business. You want to make, make them feel special and feel you're doing something about it. Um, don't take it personally. The thing about the next point, which is share how you've fixed the issues. So it's all well and good to listen and say, we're going to go and take it on board and find ways to fix it. But actually come back and, and say, this is, we've, we've listened to what you've said and we have fixed it and this is what we are going to do in the future. And they, that gives you then the opportunity to go, we'd love you to come back and experience it. Thank you for your feedback. We've made those changes. We think you'll like them. Please come back. So it gives people a, a chance to, to have another go. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people actually will, will come back and go, 
oh, you've done it. You've turned it around. So you've actually, you had lost a customer, but now you've gained one. You've probably gained more because that person is now likely to go, I'm back. So, I'm back. Yeah. So that's all about the negative reviews. Um, and that was about hugging the haters. Uh, what do you do to the lovers? Yeah. I mean, is it lick the lovers? <laughs> you hug them too. If you hug the haters, I want you to tell us all how to love the lovers. Love the lovers. <laughs> In other words, these are the positive reviews to you get, yeah. Sam. What do we do about those? Do we oh, just leave we... those and bask in reflected glory? Oh, absolutely. No, I think you should always <laughs> thank people. You've, people have, if anyone's gone to the trouble of writing a review yep. that praises you and your business, would you just ignore it? You'd have to thank them. It'd take that five seconds to get on and go, thank you for your kind words. We are glad you appreciated this thing that you wrote about. Can I ask you to repeat, please, for me, this wonderful example of that saying, well, not an example, it, it's the, it, it's the, uh, it's the, the, how do I say this? It's the paraphrase of saying um, it's rather like, Asking people at the front desk after oh, yeah, they've dropped yeah, their yeah. kid. That's absolutely <laughs> oh, well, I had to. I was trying to think of an example. So it's very clever. Well, you know, imagine imagine if you've just checked out. You've had a great like, – imagine I've just checked out of your property. I'm, I'm come, I've, I've just stayed at your property. I've come to check out. You're at the front desk and I say, what a beautiful place. We've had such a great stay. I'm totally telling all my friends and coming back. Um and, you, and I put the key on the table, on the desk, and you look up at me, don't smile, don't engage, and I just turn around and walk out. And that's, that's what I get. I get the stony silence. It's exactly the same online. I it's like it, I've I, taken the trouble to say something nice and you haven't even bothered to thank me. I think that's the best example I've ever heard. I think that is absolutely wonderful. Of course it is. When you put it in that context, you're absolutely right. I mean, it would be a terrible thing to do. You wouldn't. You wouldn't do that to anybody. So no. you're dead right. Why would you do it online? We should respond to all of our... Very positive yes. Uh, comments. Yes. Thank yous all, yeah, all the well way. well done. Yes. And so we've had a couple of instances where there are some negative comments coming back and the person that you just replied to comes back to you with even more detail or doesn't accept your comments and even though you've been through your 10 tips of how to do this well, Sam, mm. but... How long does, should this go it. on for <laughs> before you end up at World War Three exactly. and no one's getting anywhere? What, what's the plan? Well, the, the, the rule of thumb is engage only twice. Right. After that, take it offline. So if you bear that rule of thumb in mind, you can usually apply that to most cases. And this is this more along the lines of Facebook or a social media platform where you can engage backwards right. and forwards. So it might be that someone just wants to pick a fight and you either haven't responded with the right words to make them go away, to make them happy and go away, um, and they just want to fight with you. They're just in a fighting mood and they want to vent and they want to keep going. So the suggestion is give them all the information you need, but the one thing to bear in mind is not trying to appease them, but thinking who's watching this this interaction. Who, who else is out there listening? Am I giving the right information to ensure that those who are reading my response and theirs are satisfied that I've given the right amount of information. And once, you've, once you're satisfied that you've corrected the mistake and you've given the right information, then you can take it offline and say, I'll, well, I'll give you a call or I'll send you an email and we'll talk about it. 
and we'll keep talking about it because you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to keep rehashing the same stuff over and over and you're gonna, it's going to be very tedious for everybody so else. It's like, it's like negative air. You're just yeah, pushing yeah, more and more yeah. on negative air. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. if you keep going, they're going to keep going. But if you take it to right. another, another platform like email or phone, it, it's much more likely to stop. And that's what you're saying. I'm, I'm getting the message all the way through this that there are, it's not in fact just your relationship with the the person who is in contact with you. It's all the other people that are watching, how you, exactly. you react, how he reacts and how you perform in this. So after a couple of interchanges, you bail from yes, that format absolutely. and Correct. you either call him or, or yeah. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Excellent. Um, okay. So you've got this negative review. What strategies should we be putting in place in the businesses to ensure we deal with it correctly? So, yeah, there's a bunch of strategies. And, in fact, what we haven't really done a lot with lately is talking about having a, an online uh, a reputation management strategy for your business. Most people don't have a strategy for their business. And if you probably don't have one yourself, you would have an inherent one. A lot of small businesses don't, but it's actually a really useful thing to write down your policy and have you know write down your strategy for how you will deal with you know with with complaints or with with social media. So you can base it around some of the soft stuff like taking a breath. If it if part of the strategy is don't respond immediately while you're heated up about it, take a breath, talk to your team, make sure you've got your facts. So that would be you could write that into a strategy. Uh, you can determine. In fact, the, the, one of the things about this is is this a trend? Like is this is this negative feedback the first? I'm hearing about it, but is it a, or, or is it the fifth time we've heard about this and we've done nothing about it? So that's why it's so important to keep reading your, your um, reviews. Yeah. Um, come up with a plan for fixing. So you have your action plan. So I advise a lot of my clients to have a, have a process in place. So how much empowerment have your staff got? So, for instance, you don't necessarily have lots of staff, but businesses that do have lots of staff, they need to know how much they can how um, much they're allowed to say? What are they allowed to say? What are they allowed to give? So if they're allowed to give a refund, if the coffee was cold, what are they allowed to do? They should be allowed to, you know, they should be given a certain amount of rope to be able to go, I, I hear you, that's not, that's not good enough to have a cold coffee, I'll make you another one straight away. Not, not push, the, push it back on the, on the customer. Mm. So have a plan for how much empowerment your staff have got. Um, I've got here respond within 36 hours, respond within three days of what your action plan is. So respond saying we're looking into it, particularly if it's a, it's a, if it's a particularly difficult one where you've got to go fact find or make an action plan. Um, but get back to them. Don't leave them hanging. The last thing you want is a week or two weeks to go by and they still haven't been given an answer about what you're going to do about that issue they had. So even it may not be a resolution, it just is an acknowledgement, yes. I'm onto this. I've got so-and-so looking at it and I'll get back to you in yeah, even, might informed. even be 10 days or yeah. six, but you just keep them in the process. If you the say loop. you're going to get back to them in 10 days, get back yeah, to yeah. them in 10 days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Otherwise more negative. I got it. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. exactly. But but I see what you mean. So so even though you might not be able to fix it, you're still getting back to them. Exactly. With a plan of how you're going to exactly. fix it. Okay, I got yeah. it. Yeah, so that person then feels like they've got a bit of ownership over over helping you as well. So they'll actually feel good about it because they you've been able to turn their negative comments or complaints into a, a positive for your business. Then you get back to them and say, thank you, you've actually helped us. And they might actually feel really good about it and, and have a, a more positive thought about your business in their head rather than a negative one. So you can actually, and that wasn't the intent of their complaint in, initially, but you've turned it around. So you've got your customer back. So oh, one of the other things I was, I've got in my strategy is don't be tempted 
just because I'm suggesting you've replied everything to cut and paste. <laughs> there is no cookie cutter answer. It's got to be personalised. You've got to use their name as much as you can. You've got to acknowledge what they're saying. So reiterate what they're saying, summarise that you understand. This is what I've heard you say. Is that correct? Or not even, you know, assume you're correct. But never cut and paste. That's the last thing anybody, any spectator wants to see. Um, and then invite, you know, after you're apologising, I'm sorry this went wrong, but we've fixed it by doing this. We'd love you to come back. So invite them to come back and try it again. Um, but there is a fine line there because you, you, you don't want to be offering things to the public saying, I'm going to offer you a free night's accommodation to say sorry. Because you ran out of shampoo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because those trolls out there are going to, oh, they're offering free nights. I'm going to go and Indeed. make so a complaint. I, that's what I was trying to get yeah. to. So if, if I suggest that I've run out of shampoo, I'll yeah. get a free night as well. I'm, I'm with you. What I would suggest, and again, it's a case by case, depending on what happened, who they are and how valuable they are to you, you might publicly say, you know, I'm going to, oh, we fixed the issue, sorry, David, that you had this issue. But you might email them separately and say, thank you for bringing it to our attention. We fixed the shampoo issue. We'd love to offer you a free meal in the restaurant next time you come. So you're not publicly telling the world that that's what you've done, but you've made that person feel better. Yeah, good. So I think that's a good thing. And the other thing you can do is once you've resolved it, you can actually go back to the customer and say, are you happy that this is resolved? Would you be willing to edit or alter your review or take it down? So it depends. Each situation is different. It might be that they have made a mistake themselves. They were actually incorrect and they are willing to go and change their review. But that's a case-by-case situation. You've talked about different reviews and I've noticed here we're about to talk about something which is really scary to me, which is the law. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So what happens if we get to that stage where it is absolutely defamatory, the people are online uh, about you, it is just a complete suite of lies? Yeah. Damage, damage control. Damage, yeah, yeah. heavy damage control. But Absolutely. Tell us. If that. it's really bad, I would refrain from saying anything online until you got some can advice. Can I have my hour back in that case? Yes, you can oh, have a bit of extra time. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm so pleased until <laughs> I ring someone, yes. dial a friend. Yes. Yeah, okay. And if you're, if you're unsure, always ask somebody else, ask someone else for advice. Sure. Um, but if it gets to the point where it's, it's going to turn into a suing situation, it's going to get legal, then unfortunately you'll need to bring a lawyer into this. Okay. So case by case. Have you had experience of that? No, I haven't. I hope it doesn't happen too often. No, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that by getting onto this thing early, that sort of stuff doesn't happen. So, you know, making sure that there's, I mean, there's a whole lot of other steps before you even get to the review point about making sure your customer has a great experience and trying to get feedback from them before they get to the online stuff. So even if they've had a bad experience, try to get that feedback before they've left you. Mm. Then this stuff doesn't happen as often. So I'm not doing it well enough because I'm not in the hour-long uh, project. <laughs> I've got far too many to look at because I've got to try and fumble my way around Expedia and Booking.com and I've got to go through TripAdvisor. Yes. Listen, Sam, this is getting too difficult for a small bloke. Help me, help me, help me. How, how does someone actually manage yep. this from a small business perspective? Yeah, I know. It sounds overwhelming. It sounds like you've got to be online for six hours a day, but you don't. There's software out there that can fix that. If you haven't got Google Alerts already set up, um, you don't have to have that on its, on its own. You can have what is called Review Pro, which is software that every accredited business has access to, and it's free if you're accredited. 
Other states aren't as lucky as that. But in Tasmania, every accredited business has access to ReviewPro and ReviewPro is an aggregator site. So it goes out and seeks keywords, i.e. your business name. It's looking for your business name on all of the review sites, all social media, anything online, and it aggregates it. So it brings it into a report that says, hey, David, your business has been mentioned 10 times today. Here they all are. And you can go through the 10 things and go, that's a review, that's a review. I'll go say thank you. I'll go apologise, whatever you've got to do. At least you're on top of it at least daily, minimum daily. You'll get a report and say, this is what's been said. So that's essential. There's no excuse. You don't have to go and log on to all these things you know, twice in an hour. Just, just regularly, please. And it does it all the, all the work for you. Sam, thank you. Just to finish up with... I love this idea of hugging your haters, <laughs> but tell me, um, what are the three key messages that you would like to leave us with today? Well, being a marketing person, um, also having run my own businesses, I'm a big fan of anything that's free or cheap is good because I'm a big shoestring budget operator. Um, and I believe great customer service is the cheapest form of marketing you can ever do. So get your great customer service. And that's not just giving a great product while the person's there. The customer service continues after the person's left. So responding to the people who've written good reviews. So that customer service that's visual and visible to the outside world, all the spectators that you don't know are there because they're quiet and you know, you've got no idea what numbers are watching your interaction. That's the best form of marketing you can ever do for your business. So that's the key parting point. And the the last one, which was customer service is the new marketing. So that's the catchphrase of the whole thing. Sam, thank you very much. And I hope everybody's got an awful lot out of our conversation with Sam today. Can you please tell me, Sam, how do we get hold of you for further information? And can we possibly get a a hard copy or an email copy, sorry, of, uh, of what we've been discussing today somehow with these invaluable tips. Uh, sure. The, the notes will be on the TICT website um, and you can listen to any of the other podcasts on there so you can download it from there. But if you want to get in touch with me direct, I'm on uh, greenhattourism.com.au. Thank you. And remember that a new podcast will be uploaded every fortnight on a new topic, so please keep coming back to this. If you enjoyed today's show, tell your tourism colleagues to take a listen as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in a fortnight. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.